It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. All right. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us. It is Pushing the Limits, and it is a Wednesday. Appreciate you being with us. Broadcasting everywhere. Of course, we're on TikTok, Twitter, Twitch, the FMAM dial, YouTube. And uh, for your listening and viewing pleasure, we got a big show lined up for you today. we got some great guests. Uh, yeah, if you haven't already heard, Kevin McCarthy's been outed. What better person to talk about that? I watched him on CNN yesterday. Uh, does a great job. Uh, former presidential candidate, former congressman. Joe Walsh is going to be joining us here in just a few minutes to give his thoughts on this uh, debacle within the Republican Party. The infighting among the Republican Party, as I would like to say. So uh, we'll be talking with him in just a few minutes. And, uh, you know, let's listen, I don't feel any uh, sorrow for Kevin McCarthy. We'll get to that. Coming up here, uh, Byron Donalds, he might be the next House Speaker. There's there's other names out there. I think Steve Scalise is probably the favorite, Jim Jordan. So we'll get to all that stuff. And, uh, you know, Byron Donalds is just a disaster. I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about him coming up a little bit later on in the program as well. Some national news to discuss later on in the show. There have not been many PGA Tour events where a female is allowed to play in the event. But guess what? It's going to happen in Las Vegas next week. Yeah, they just announced it today. It's national news. It's big news. Lexi Thompson, who's one of the best female golfers in the world, has received an invitation to play in the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open. Uh, some people agree with it. Some people disagree with it. The director of the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open, Patrick Lindsay, is going to talk about that. He's going to be joining us in hour number two. So as I mentioned, a lot to get to. Uh, but uh, Kevin McCarthy's out. Kevin McCarthy is gone. Uh, and he also said he will not run again. And it doesn't seem like there's a, a clear alternative. As I said, Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan uh, both announced their bid for speaker today. Uh, Patrick McHenry uh, is the interim speaker. So what did Patrick McHenry do? What did he do? The first thing that the interim House speaker did Guess what it was? It wasn't to help the American people. It wasn't to unify the Republican Party, although maybe what he did might have. It was to tell Nancy Pelosi to get her stuff out of her office and she's gone. That's the first thing that he did. Nancy Pelosi said, with all the important decisions that the new Republican leadership much, much, uh, must address, which we all are eagerly awaiting, one of the first actions taken by the new speaker was to order me to immediately vacate my office in the Capitol. Sadly, because I am in California to mourn the loss and pay tribute to my dear friend, Diane Feinstein, I am unable to retrieve my belongings at this time. What did the Republicans do when they took the House? What's the first thing that they did? Did they do anything to help you? Did they do anything to help lower gas prices? No. The first thing that, that the Republicans in the House and Jim Jordan did was investigate Hunter Biden. And show naked pictures of him like Marjorie Taylor Greene did on the House floor. Republicans don't care about you. If they did, they wouldn't be concerned about getting Nancy Pelosi's stuff out of her office. If they did, they wouldn't be so concerned about Hunter Biden and his unloaded gun that he possessed for 11 days. 
The only gun that Republicans care about in this country is Hunter Biden's unloaded gun that he possessed for 11 days. They don't care about AR-15s. They don't care about the guns that are killing our children. You think Matt Gates did this because he cares about you? Matt Gates did this for himself, and it was a political ploy. Matt Gates was the mastermind behind this. I guarantee you Matt Gates cares more about his Venmo account and the women that he's hanging out with than you. You really think Matt Gates outed Kevin McCarthy because he thought, oh, he's just a bad guy and, you know, he's not helping the country? No, of course not. Matt Gates did this for one person, Matt Gates. The Republicans are in disarray. But when it comes to Kevin McCarthy and when it comes to feeling sorry for Kevin McCarthy, I don't feel sorry for this guy at all. You want to know what Kevin McCarthy is all about? I'll tell you what he's all about. Within 24 hours of January 6th, do you remember that speech that he made? I couldn't believe it. He showed a little bit of honesty where he spoke in the House chambers and he said Donald Trump bears partial responsibility for the January 6th insurrection. Then he got a call from Donald Trump. Trump was very angry and they had a meeting at Mar-a-Lago and he drove to Mar-a-Lago and he kissed the ring of Donald Trump because Kevin McCarthy has no backbone and he is a coward. So no, I don't feel bad for Kevin McCarthy. But make no mistake about it, this happened because of the MAGA Republicans and the people out there like the Matt Gateses of the world and the Lauren Boberts and the Marjorie Taylor Greens. That's why this happened. Republicans do not know how to govern, period. And they are an embarrassment to this country. Now, if you want to know what uh, Matt Gates had to say, I have some audio for you. Um, this is what Matt Gates said moments after Kevin McCarthy was outed in the House chambers. Have a listen to Matt Gates. To whose benefit? People have called you a narcissist. People say that is to your benefit alone. Is it to the benefit of you and to Donald Trump? It's the benefit of this country that we have a better Speaker of the House than Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy couldn't keep his word. He made an agreement in January regarding the way Washington would work, and he violated that agreement. We are $33 trillion in debt. We are facing $2.2 trillion annual deficits. We face a de-dollarization globally that will crush Americans, working-class Americans. Kevin McCarthy is a feature of the swamp. He has risen to power by collecting special interest money and redistributing that money in exchange for favors. Uh, we are breaking the fever now, and we should elect a speaker who's better. Yeah, now all of a sudden Matt Gates cares about all the debt they're in. Funny, he didn't really care too much about that when Donald Trump was president of the United States because he's full of crap. That's why. And he want, all of a sudden now he cares about special interest money when Jared Kushner took $2 billion from the Saudis. How about the hundreds of millions of dollars that Donald Trump's daughter received from China? Now all of a sudden, Matt Gates cares about special interest money and debt because he's a, he's a fool is what he is. He's a clown. And listen to what Sean Hannity now said in regards to Donald Trump being speaker. Have a listen to this. McCarthy will not seek the speakership again. Now, sources telling me at this hour, some House Republicans have been in contact with and have started an effort to draft former President Donald Trump to be the next speaker. And I have been told uh, that uh, President Trump might be open to helping the Republican Party, at least in the short term, if necessary, uh, if it's needed. Anyway, McCarthy will not. Yeah. So so. Sean Hannity now talking about Donald Trump being the next House Speaker. Please bring it on. 
This will never happen. Why? And if it did happen, it would be a disaster because it's actually work. To be the House Speaker actually takes a lot of work, something Donald Trump is not willing to do and has never done his entire life. Donald Trump would actually have to do work. I don't see this happening at all. If it did happen, he'd probably last a week. So that's not going to happen at all. You know, I think Liz Cheney said it best. Uh, Listen, I don't agree with Liz Cheney on a lot of things particularly policy. But I do have some respect for Liz Cheney because she decided to do the right thing over her own political career. And I respect anybody who does that. I would say the same thing about an Adam Kinzinger or a Mitt Romney. There are some good Republicans out there that I might disagree with on policy, but I have a lot of respect for them. And Liz Cheney is certainly one of them. Listen to listen to what Liz Cheney said, you know, just in regards in general terms, she's talking about people elected in office, whether it be a Lauren Boebert or Donald Trump or the House Speaker and Kevin McCarthy. I think Liz Cheney said it best. Have a listen to this. What we've done in our politics is create a situation where we're electing idiots (laughs) and. um, And so. I, I don't look at it through the lens of like, you know, is this what I should do or what I shouldn't do? I look at it through the lens of how do we elect serious people? And I think electing serious people can't be partisan. No, it can't. And I agree with everything. We are electing idiots. There's plenty of them out there. Um, listen, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of uh, the squad either. Uh, I think Ilhan Omar is one of those idiots that Liz Cheney spoke about. Uh, but Representative Jayapal, who, again, I, I don't always agree with her, and um, I certainly don't agree with her take on Israel. However, she was asked specifically about this outing of Kevin McCarthy, and it is interesting what she said, and I do agree with her. Listen to what Representative Jayapal had to say again moments after Kevin McCarthy was outed. He has broken his commitment over and over again. And it's not just the deal with President Biden. It's not just the Ukraine funding, which apparently was also a deal, but then it wasn't a deal on, you know, unless we secure the border. It's also going back to January 6th. And I think for a lot of us, we we were here. It is still deeply emotional for us because it is about our country. It's about why we came to Congress. And Kevin McCarthy stood on the House floor and said one thing and then talked to Donald Trump and immediately did something else. He has supported the insurrectionist president that enabled January 6th to happen and tried to obstruct the peaceful transfer of power. So there are a lot of reasons to not trust Kevin McCarthy. You could probably go back before January 6th, but certainly January 6th uh, was was a a really key example. And the most recent history of how he's governed as speaker is another example. Yeah, listen, I don't always agree with Representative Jayapal, but she is absolutely right. And now we look at some of the names of the people that are are bidding to be the next House Speaker. I, I, I think it's getting worse. Steve Scalise, and Jim Jordan. Well, a guy that worked with some of these members that knows them pretty well is the man we have with us on the line right now. Uh, I love his uh, lo- love his appearances on CNN, uh, including yesterday. He had a busy day yesterday. I'm talking about former presidential candidate and former congressman Joe Walsh. Nice enough to join us right now on the line. Joe, always a pleasure, my friend. How you doing? Right back at you, brother. Good to be with you. Thanks, Joe. Uh, okay, I got. I got to ask you first reaction. Uh, surprise! What was your first reaction when you heard that Kevin McCarthy no longer the House Speaker outed out? Not at all a surprise, but I got to be honest, Brian. I didn't know for certain that Gates and, and Gates did this would move to do this because they had such 
leverage over McCarthy, just threatening to remove him. So I thought that they'd keep that over his head for the next year and a half because it was making life miserable for him. Mm-hmm. Do you, when you when you listen to a guy like a Matt Gates speaking afterwards, saying he did this because Kevin McCarthy was a bad speaker and he's taken special interest money, and he, all of a sudden now Matt Gates cares about the debt that that they're in. Do, do you believe anything that he says, and why do you really think Matt Gates did this? No, that's all BS. And, and Brian, there are no winners here. Look, I served with all of them. Uh, I know McCarthy well. I, no tears for Kevin McCarthy. Matt Gates did this purely to benefit Matt. It's all about him promoting his own brand. He wants to run for governor of Florida. Um, look, most of the hardline conservatives, most of the entire Republican body voted for McCarthy. This was a Gates-led thing. It's personal against McCarthy. And he, again, he's promoting his brand. That's what he wants to do. So, Joe, you've worked with these guys. Uh, you know Jim Jordan very well, Steve Scalise. These are uh, two of the big names. I've heard uh, uh, some other names as well, but these are the two main names that I've heard could be the next House Speaker. What do you make of this? In my personal opinion, I think it's getting worse with these two guys. What do you make of it? Uh oh, we just lost Joe Walsh. It was just, it was just getting good. We'll call him right back. But uh, those are the two names that have come out right now. And listen, there are other names. There are other names out there as well. And I mentioned uh, this name, uh, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but uh, Byron Donalds. I mean, he's a guy that has a, a criminal record. Uh, that's another name that has come out. Uh, I don't want any, any of these people running. I don't want any of these people becoming the House Speaker. I don't even want any of these people being in office to begin with, right? But it's um, a sad state of affairs that we're in that we have people in office acting like children. Joe Walsh just echoed, and we'll get him back on the line. Joe Walsh just echoed exactly what I said, literally exactly what I said, in that Matt Gates did this for one person. He did it for himself. Matt Gates wants to be the next governor of Florida. It's clear. He's doing this for his own political benefit. He's not doing this for anybody else. He's not doing it for the benefit of the country. He's not doing it to help you or me. He's not doing it to help Republicans, let alone Americans. He's doing it to help himself. And many of these Republicans that are in office today care more about themselves than they care about you. There's absolutely no question about it. And the interim House Speaker, what does this man do? Mr. Bowtie, Mr. Tucker Carlson, what does he do? The first thing that he does... He doesn't want to unify the Republican Party. He doesn't want to unify America. The first thing he does is he wants to get Nancy Pelosi's stuff out of her office. That's the first thing that enters his mind. And it's sad. It's pathetic. It's wrong. But this is where the Republican Party is right now. They're very divided. You have the MAGA supporters on one side. You have the moderate, and there's not many of them, but there are some moderate Republicans on the other side, and then everybody else in the middle. And it's too late for them to go back. It's too late for the Republicans to go back that have supported Trump all this long. And now they'll say to themselves, geez, you know what? Maybe we should support somebody else. It's too late. You kiss the ring of Donald Trump for way, way, way too long. It's too late. Um, so here we are. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. 
And we are now 24 hours into the outing of House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Here we are. What do you guys think about this? What do you guys think of Matt Gates and Matt Gates's intentions? What do you think about this? Who would you like to see be the next House Speaker? I can tell you right now, if it's Donald Trump, it's going to be an absolute disaster. An absolute disaster. It actually takes real hard work to be the House Speaker. Mark my words on this. Get the popcorn out. I welcome it. Go ahead and let Donald Trump be the House Speaker. It will be an absolute you-know-what show, and it will be a disaster. As I say before and I say again, Republicans do not know how to govern. They do not. And I'm happy that we didn't have a government shutdown, but I wonder what's going to happen in a month and a half. Are Republicans going to be able to come together and and do something about this? Or are all the people on food stamps not going to be able to be on food stamps anymore and all these government workers not being paid? What is going to happen in a month and a half? This is a disaster. And it's a disgrace. And I'm going to open up the phone lines and I want to know what you guys think about this. It's par for the course for the Republican Party. I'm going to give out the number 702-221-7283. This is a, yes, this is a live radio show, so it's not just on social media. So if you guys would like to call and I want to hear your thoughts, what do you think about Kevin McCarthy being outed? What do you think about what Matt Gates said? Now, Matt Gates was asked about why he did this. He said, we need a better house speaker. We're in all this debt. And then he talked about special interest money. My response to that is when Donald Trump was president, you didn't seem to complain about Jared Kushner receiving $2 billion. You didn't seem to complain about hundreds of millions of dollars that Donald Trump's daughter received from the Chinese government. You didn't seem to care about that type of special interest money. And now all of a sudden, Matt Gates cares about the debt. Look at the debt that we are in and, and compare just Barack Obama's presidency to Donald Trump's presidency and then give me an answer. Now, all of a sudden, we're led to believe that Matt Gates and some of these MAGA Republicans care about the debt. Give me an effing break. It is a joke. And what Joe Walsh said is correct. This isn't about helping the country or unifying Republicans or getting somebody in there with be a better House Speaker that to deliver for the American people. Has nothing to do with that. This has to do with Matt Gates. But what do you say? I'll give out the number again. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? 702-221-7283. And again, the number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, that number to call is area code 702-221-SAVE, 702-221-7283. Two two one seven two eight three. But before we do that, we are going to go back to before we take some calls. We are going to go back to Joe Walsh, who's on a train, and we got him back up there. Joe, can you hear me? Yeah, you know what I'm going to do, Brian. I'm going to get on a plane tonight and just come out and sit in your studio in <laughs> Vegas tomorrow. You are. That would be awesome. That would be great. I would welcome that first class. I, I would. I would pay first class to get you out here. <laughs> in fact, I'm only. I, I'm. I'm actually serious. Sometime this fall. I'm going to hop on a plane and I'm going to come do a whole show with you one day. You and I'll have fun. Yeah, I, I would, I would love that, Joe. That would be great. That'd be a lot of fun. Drinks on me afterwards. Um, so Joe, appreciate that. So, so Joe, we were talking a little bit about Matt Gates and you echoed exactly what I said that, you know, Matt Gates did this for Matt Gates. Uh, moving forward now, is there anybody you would like to see as house speaker? You're a lifelong Republican and I know you don't really recognize the party these days, but is there anybody that you would endorse that you would say that would be a good Republican? That would be a good house speaker. Uh Oh, did we lose Joe again? 
Uh oh. All right. We're gonna have to say we're gonna have to say goodnight to Joe, I think. He's on a train. And uh gosh darn it, I wanted him to answer that question. Um, but I will give out the number. 702-221-7283 is the number to call again. 702-221-7283. Let's take some phone calls. Joe Walsh is on a on a train, so we're having problems with him. But let's go to uh Anthony. I don't think Anthony's on on, on a train. Anthony, thanks for calling in. What's on your mind? Hey, how are you? Doing good, Anthony. So it's just uh, it's just utterly embarrassing what these people are doing to America. But the worst part about it right now is that they're getting away with it. And the worst part about them getting away with it is that they're convincing half of this country that the Democrats are ruining this country, when in reality, it's the Republicans. And the worst part about this, in my opinion, is that no matter what they do, all they have to do is deflect, and their base will eat it up and, and take it as fact. Yeah. The, the, the chaos in the government right now is embarrassing, and, and there's nothing to combat it because they always, they always win the narrative because they push the narrative that it's the Democrats, it's the Democrats, it's the Democrats, and their base doesn't care that not, nothing that they say is true. No, I, listen, I don't disagree with you. I'm not sure. Are you, if you don't mind me asking you, are you a Republican? I am not. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm a first-time uh, voting Democrat. Got you. Okay. What I don't understand, Anthony, is there are so many Republicans out there that stay silent, that don't are not willing to call out their own party. I mean, obviously, we had one of them on the line here for a brief time, Joe Walsh, who ran for president, who is. But where are all the, the, the good Republicans out there? There are some that are outing out their own party. I mean, this is this is the MAGA uh, cult. The, the Matt Gaetzes, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Lauren Boberts. I don't feel bad for Kevin McCarthy because I just think he's an awful, pathetic human being. But at the same time, this is not good for Republicans or Democrats. This is bad for the country. And you're right, right? This is an embarrassment. And also, my thing, they're getting exactly what they asked for. Before all these people turned coats and decided to support Trump when they were against him in the beginning... Lindsey Graham said it best. If we elect Trump, we're going to get destroyed. And me personally, I wasn't really into politics before Trump's, but his presidency and his, um, you know, his campaign was rather was rather polarizing just to see this this awful human being. But Anthony, to the I, level. I agree with yes, what you just yes. said, Anthony, but I want to I, I just want to stop you with your Lindsey Graham comment because you're right. Lindsey Graham did say if we elect Donald Trump, you know, the Republican Party is going to go to the crapper. But Lindsey Graham is also part of the problem and the reason why the Republican parties are where they are today, because Lindsey Graham flipped. And once Donald Trump became president, he kissed the ring of Donald Trump, and he still does that. And that's why the Republican Party is where they're at today. There are people within the Republican Party that sold their soul to Donald Trump, and that's why we're there where they're at today. Lindsey Graham at one point used to be a respected individual. No longer he is that. Same thing with Rudy Giuliani. It seems like everybody that has surrounded themselves with Donald Trump, they've either they either are convicted felons or they're going to be a convicted felon or a co-conspirator or you name it. And Lindsey Graham is one of them. Let's be honest with you. He was once respected. He's one of them. But it just goes to show you that everything Trump touches dies. <laughs> Amen, brother. You're not going to get an argument from me. You're absolutely right. Anthony, good to hear from you, my friend. I appreciate the call. Take care. Thank you. Number to call again if you want to be a part of the conversation is 702-221-7283. And again, that number, 702-221-SAVE. 702-221-7283. We, what, are we, what are we discussing here today? Of course, we're talking about the breaking news that took place yesterday of Kevin McCarthy 
outed as House Speaker. What is the first thing that the interim House Speaker does? Does he try to unify the party? Does he try to bring the Republican Party together? Does he try to do anything to fix the problem? No. The first thing the interim House Speaker does, as I like to call him Tucker Carlson the sixth, with his little bow tie, the first thing that he does is send a memo to Nancy Pelosi's people to get Nancy Pelosi out of her office, get all of her things out, when she is in California mourning the death of her friend Diane Feinstein. That's the, that, that's the Republican Party today. That is the MAGA cult that is the Republican Party today. There, if you disagree with me and you're a Republican right now, tell me what Republicans have done recently to help you. What has Jim Jordan passed? He hasn't passed a bill in his life. Is Lauren Boebert helping you? She might have helped her date that night in the theater with a sexual favor. What is Marjorie Taylor Greene doing to help you? And if you're going to make the argument today, oh, Brian, Democrats aren't doing anything. Look at all the bipartisan bills that Joe Biden has passed. Joe Biden is not perfect. Let me be very clear. I don't want him to run in 2024. But look at all the bipartisan bills that Joe Biden has passed. Record unemployment rate in the last 50 years. An infrastructure bill actually putting some bipartisan gun laws on the books, helping our brave men and women in uniform with health care. What have Republicans done in the last two decades to help the American people and help the poor? They're certainly not giving you tax breaks. That's a lie. Maybe tax breaks to the rich and loopholes to CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. Let me give you a perfect example of what I am talking about when it comes to the difference between Republicans and Democrats today. Do you remember when we had that baby formula shortage. This was like, what, six or seven months ago? Republicans were blaming the Biden administration, right? We have this baby formula shortage. It's all Joe Biden's fault. And what did Joe Biden do? And what did the Democrats do? They put forth the bill that would immediately put baby formula on the shelves in our supermarkets across the country. Pretty reasonable, right? What did Republicans do? They voted against it. So on one side of the coin, Republicans want to blame Joe Biden for everything. They want to blame Joe Biden for the gas prices. They want to blame Joe Biden for our immigration issues. They want to blame Joe Biden because they have a hangnail. But Republicans don't have any substance and they don't have actual real solutions. Oh, they think they do sometimes, right? They think they do. Donald Trump ran on two things in 2016 when he was running against Hillary Clinton. He ran on two things. What were those two things? We're going to build a wall and Mexico's going to pay for it. Mexico didn't pay for it and he only built 16% of the wall. So don't tell me he's a great policymaker. That was a huge policy failure. Number two, Donald Trump ran on, we're going to lock Hillary Clinton up and I'm going to investigate her. None of those things happened. Those are the two things that he ran on. So don't tell me that he's this great policymaker. Those are policy failures. There is no denying that. Nobody locked up Hillary Clinton. The only person that might be locked up is Donald Trump. Do we remember the chants from the Republican Party? Lock her up. Lock her up. How did that work out for you, Republicans? How did that work out? Not only was she not locked up, she was never convicted. She was never indicted. And there was no investigation. But, you know, for me to call Mag, to talk to you MAGA friends out there and say that Donald Trump's a liar. Oh, no, no. Donald Trump tells the truth. Those are two main policy failures that Donald Trump ran on in 2016. And I ask you again, 
What have Republicans done in the last decade, let's just say, or even since Donald Trump took office? What have they done to help you, the American people? I'm sure you could find a few policies that worked, but what are they doing now to help you? What are Republicans doing now to help the American people? Really, I want to know. Maybe Brian's clueless. I can tell you what Democrats are trying to do. It's what Democrats continue to try to do for years, for decades. Give you affordable health care, Obamacare that has saved millions of lives. A lot of people in this country that are very happy with Obamacare. I'm not saying that it's perfect. Obamacare is not perfect. But if you're a Republican and you bitch and moan and complain about Obamacare, where's this replacement plan that we were supposed to get? Two weeks, two weeks, we kept hearing from the Trump administration. No replacement plan. Democrats are pushing for maternity leave, raising minimum wage, tax breaks for middle-class Americans. So, you know, you tell me, what are Republicans doing to help you? I don't know. I can't answer that question. Number to call 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the program, 702-221-7283. Let's go to Felipe. He is next on Pushing the Limits. Hello, Felipe. Hey, how you doing, Brian? I'm, I'm from New York and Westchester. Um, so in, in regards to everything that's going on in Congress, it's actually a, a real shame as a former Republican myself, uh, noticing that they don't really kind of like stand for like the famous law and order, which was always the, the main theme that they always pushed. Mm-hmm. Just looking at everything that's happening specifically with Trump's um, case here in New York, and all the people that are now um, in favor of, like, him being uh, uh, pretty much a let go easy or, or letting him go easy on everything that, that's been happening to him. But then at the same token, they're going full force on Hunter Biden, which is mind-boggling. So sometimes I start thinking, is it that these people are in a cult? or Because it doesn't make any sense anymore. Like, it's not, you know... As much as I kind of like liked uh, uh, Reagan's uh, uh, presidency, even though I was a, a child yeah. when he was uh, around, but it's not it's not the same party. So I don't know what what this party is anymore. I, I, it's definitely not about law and order. I couldn't agree with you more. And when I hear people ask me what does the Republican Party stand for, I could have answered that question fifteen years ago, ten years ago, before Donald Trump. I can't answer it now. I have no idea. You know what the Republican Party stands for today? I think I have a good answer for you, Felipe, and you could tell me whether you agree or not. They st- Here's what they stand for. At least these are their talking points. Election integrity. Donald Trump won the 2020 election. Let's attack Dr. Fauci. Let's attack science. Let's attack the transgender community and, and people who are gay. Uh, let's attack drag queen reading. I mean, that's really all I hear. And let's attack Joe Biden because he has dementia. That's really all I hear from the Republican Party and the extreme right. I don't hear them talking about any solutions. Oh, yeah, they'll talk about the border and how it's a crisis, but I don't hear any solutions from them other than let's build a wall, which certainly didn't work under Donald Trump. That was a failed policy because Mexico didn't pay for it, and he only built about 16% of the wall. Uh, That's all I hear from Republicans, Felipe. But but you know what's actually the, the worst part about this whole situation that's happening in our country, our, our beloved country, is that Matt Gates actually stood before the, the midterm saying that they're going to push on the three eyes, which was inflation, immigration, and the, the last one was that they wanted to do investigations. Mm-hmm. 
They forgot about the first two, which was the inflation and the immigration issue. All they've been focusing on, and he even admitted it recently, I think it was uh, this week or or last week, that all uh, McCarthy has done is pretty much focus on investigation. They have literally done nothing to actually improve anybody's lives. And the worst part is, and you know what actually is the part that makes me sick to my stomach, is I can understand if you're a low-information voter that, you know, you're not on top of these things because, you know, if you have a job, you have a family, you have a whole bunch of things going on in your life, you probably don't have time to sit down from stress from work after you get back to listen to more problems. You probably want to chill out, watch a you know, football game, a baseball game, right. and just, you know, distract yourself. That I can understand. Sure. But what I don't understand is that these people keep voting, and their lives are not improving. They still have no health care. They still have no benefits that they can count on or a safety net. It's actually being diminished, and they still keep voting for these people. So that's the part that really drives me here's, insane. And Felipe, you're right. Understand. And here's and, and Felipe, oh. you're right. And and uh, I'll respond to that by saying this: the two worst words in this country are Republican and Democrat. Why? Because so many people make decisions based on what party they're in rather than what is good for the country. I think these days it's probably happening more on the right than the left. But I agree with you, and that that's the biggest problem with this country. Felipe, great call. I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for calling in. No okay? problem. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, smart man. Good good phone call. 702-221-7283. And again, that number if you want to be a part of the conversation. 702-221-7283. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're talking about Kevin McCarthy being outed as speaker. Unfortunately, we had a bad line with Joe Walsh. Uh, he's on a train, so but he did give me the promise he's coming here in studio, so that'll be fun. I love I love a little bit of Joe Walsh. We're talking about Kevin McCarthy. Why was Kevin McCarthy outed? Do you believe Matt Gates when he said this is about the debt and it's about uh, you know uh, receiving uh, special interest money? Do you believe Matt Gates or are you on my side and think he's just a liar? What do you think of this? And then when we come back. Another name that is in the news that could be the next House Speaker, I think it'll be Steve Scalise. Byron Donalds, the drug dealer. That's right, I said it. Byron Donalds, the drug dealer who has a police record, a criminal record. We're going to talk about that. Maybe he could be the uh, the face of the Republican Party now, another criminal. Uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. And I've opened up the phone lines, getting calls from all over the country. We're going to take your calls next. That number again. 702-221-SAVE. Agree or disagree, I want to hear from you. 702-221-SAVE. Even though I can't save all of you. 702-221-7283. We'll be back in 120 seconds, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent 
on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client, so please give them a call, 702-248-0554. As a three-time international award-winning restaurant, Joe's New York Pizza uses only the freshest and best available ingredients. From giant slices of hand-tossed pie to calzone, strombolis, fingers, and wings, Joe's serves all your favorites. Stop in for a slice at one of their two Las Vegas locations at Paradise and Harmon or South Las Vegas Boulevard, or you can check out their menu at joesnewyorkpizzalv.com. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a beautiful Wednesday in Las Vegas. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, no more. He's waking up this morning without a job. So if you're not feeling well and you need uh, need some proper health care, we were just talking about health care. Check out my friends at Sahara West Urgent Primary Care located at 6125 West Sahara Avenue. No appointment needed, but uh, you can give them a call if you'd like, 702-248-0554. You could also visit them online at sarahwesturgentcare.com. I can tell you, I wasn't feeling good a few weeks ago, and they took care of me. So check them out, Sarah West Urgent and Primary Care, and tell them that I sent you. What are we talking about? Well, of course, we're talking about the outing 
of Kevin McCarthy, no longer the House Speaker. What The interim House Speaker, what is the first thing that he does? Tucker the Fifth, I like to call him. Mr. Bowtie Man. Uh, ridiculous. <laughs> uh, what was the first thing that the interim House Speaker did? He didn't do anything for you or me. He didn't try to rally the Republicans and bring them together. He didn't try to unify anybody. The first thing that the interim House Speaker did, the first thing on their mind, on his mind, was to let Nancy Pelosi's people know that she had to vacate her office and get rid of all her things while she is mourning the death of her friend, Diane Feinstein. What does that say about this man and MAGA Republicans? And it reminds me of when Republicans took over the House. What was the first thing that they did? Did they come up with a bill that could help the American people, maybe help you with the gas prices, maybe help you at the pump, help you with inflation? What was the first thing that Jim Jordan proposed and what was the first thing that he did? Opening up an investigation into Hunter and Joe Biden. Does that help the American people? Hunter Biden being a private citizen and the Republicans own star witnesses. All three of them basically said that, you know, they didn't see any evidence to support the fact that Joe Biden did anything wrong or deserved to be impeached. It is blown up in their faces like it always does. And this happened years ago. Do we remember Benghazi? Horrible tragedy. I think we all could agree on that. Four innocent Americans dying. Uh, and I wish that incident didn't happen. Horrible situation. All the Republicans and just about everybody on the right back then blamed Hillary Clinton for what took place. So what happened? Hillary Clinton testified under oath, something that Donald Trump refuses to do. There were eight. Let me repeat that. Eight Republican led investigations. Into Hillary Clinton. What happened in those investigations? Republicans found nothing. But Kevin McCarthy said on the record himself they did that because they felt like it would affect the 2016 election. And maybe they're right. Maybe it did, even though Hillary Clinton wasn't wasn't indicted on anything. There was no crime that was committed. Republicans found no evidence that Hillary Clinton committed any crimes. But yet there were eight led investigations led by Republicans. And for the people out there that say, why do you keep bringing up Donald Trump? Why do you keep bringing up Donald Trump? Because last I checked, Donald Trump is the front runner for the Republican Party. That's why Donald Trump is the overwhelming favorite to be running against Joe Biden in the 2024 elections. Who's going to beat Donald Trump? Ron DeSantis? Nikki Haley? Vivek Ramaswamy? Chris Christie? This is a competition for second. Nobody is going to beat Donald Trump. So for you people out there, I'd say, why do you keep bringing up Donald Trump? He's a former president. He is the face of the Republican Party, whether you want to hear that or not. This is the man who is the face of the Republican Party. Someone who is facing four indictments, who is a liable rapist. Yes, proven in a court of law, he is a liable rapist and has 26 women that have accused him of sexual assault or rape. He is facing 91 felony counts, and this is the leader and the face of the Republican Party. How do you Republicans feel about that? How do you feel about that? And somebody asked on social media, where's Melania? That's a very good question. Because the new information that just came out is Melania renegotiated her uh, prenup with Donald Trump. I think it's just a matter of time before they split up. When was the last time Melania was even seen in public with Donald Trump, let alone holding his hand? But listen, I predicted that. 
It's an easy prediction. Donald Trump has never been faithful to anybody in his entire life. He hasn't been loyal or faithful to anybody. And when people out there make statements like Vivek Ramaswamy, Donald Trump is the best president ever. I'd love you to call into the show and tell me why you feel that way. Why is Donald Trump the best president ever? Do you enjoy insurrections? Do you like that? Do you like it when when our president decides to write love letters to evil, murderous dictators? Is that a good thing? Oh, well, I liked some of his policies. Sorry, that doesn't fly anymore. Liking some of Donald Trump's policies doesn't fly anymore. And I am not a big Joe Biden fan. And I don't want Joe Biden to run. He wasn't my first, second, third, fourth, or fifth pick. But right now, I will vote for Joe Biden over Donald Trump any day of the week. Why? Because Donald Trump is a threat to our democracy and he is a wannabe dictator. That is why. And if you don't see that, then you are blind and you are being complicit. And if you disagree with me or agree, you're welcome to call in. Again, that number is 702-221-7283. And that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, 702-221-7283. Another guy's name that is in the news is Byron Donalds. Um, so Byron Donalds, in this sham of an impeachment hearing inquiry, as I like to call it, provided text messages that have turned out to be false text messages. And Byron Donalds, say what you want about AOC, Byron Donalds was embarrassed in the House chambers over the course of the last few days. And AOC is the reason why. Byron Donalds shared some text messages that have proven to be debunked. They are fake. And Byron Donalds isn't smart enough to know that. Byron Donalds, by the way, is a drug dealer. I'll get to that. But here is Ocasio-Cortez embarrassing Byron Donalds in the House chambers. Have a listen to this. Byron Donalds embarrassing Ocasio-Cortez in the House chambers in real time. And we have the audio to prove it. Here, here it is. To, uh, I want to emphasize why that's important. Earlier today, one of our colleagues, a gentleman from Florida, presented up on this screen something that looked, appeared to be, a screenshot of a text message containing or insinuating an explosive allegation. That screenshot of what appeared to be a text message was a fabricated image. It was a fabricated image. I don't know where it came from. I don't know if it was the staff of the committee, but it was not the actual direct screenshot from that phone. And in fact, I would like to submit to the committee the actual full context from as a, from the Ziegler affidavit number one, exhibit 402 of the full text of that exchange. Do I have permission from the chair? Importantly, what was brought out from, from that fabricated image excluded critical context that changed the underlying meaning and allegation that was presented up on that screen by this committee and by, by members of this committee. Now, they are well within their right to do that because they are covered by the speech and debate clause. This was not submitted by a material or fact witness under oath. That was not submitted by a material or fact witness under oath. So this is Ocasio-Cortez setting the record straight when it comes to Byron Donalds. Now, if you wanted to know a little bit about Byron Donalds and a little history of Byron Donalds, well, here you go. 
1997, Byron Donalds was arrested for drug distribution. The charges were dropped as part of a pretrial diversion program. In 2000, he pleaded no contest to a felony bribery charge as part of a scheme to defraud a bank. His record was later sealed and expunged. Thrown out. It's another nice way of putting it. Byron Donalds, at one point of his life, was a drug dealer. And he defrauded a bank. Welcome to the Republican Party. And for all you maggot idiots out there that love this guy, attacking the libs and owning the libs, because that's more important to you than helping the American people, right? You maggot idiots. You fools. Welcome to MAGA country, where the majority of those in MAGA country are middle-aged, white, crusty white people who are uneducated and who have no idea who the real Donald Trump is or Byron Donalds or Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert. You all are fools. You're ignorant. It's okay to debate policy. It's okay to disagree with the Biden administration on policy. But for all of you idiots out there, you uneducated MAGA morons, it's a tough pill to swallow, isn't it? This is the man who you support. This is the man who you look up to. And you know what? For those that are within the Republican Party, many of you support this guy still. And, I, and, and for the life of me, I don't understand how. I don't understand why. And as far as the Republicans go, and I'm talking about the MAGA Republicans, Kevin McCarthy included in that, you're the ones who brought the economy to the brinks of collapse over the debt ceiling. You're the ones who forced America's credit rating to be downgraded. You're the ones who opened this impeachment hearing without a vote based on zero evidence. Let me repeat that. Zero evidence. Why would Democrats have someone who's owned by MAGA? You guys are responsible for all that. Not liberals, not Democrats. And this is where the party is at today. Now, some people are saying, you know, getting rid of Kevin McCarthy, it's good for Democrats because it shows you how dysfunctional the Republican Party is today and how they can't govern. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not good for the country. It's an embarrassment to the country. I don't care whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, independent. I don't care what the color of your skin is, what your sexuality is. If you're an American, you're an American. If you're living in this country, this is an embarrassment. We have children running the show in Washington. And it's interesting because Hakeem Jeffries isn't going to be outed. Democrats seem to stand behind him and they're united behind Hakeem Jeffries. This would have never happened if Donald Trump never became president of the United States. People like Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates, they would have, uh, in my personal opinion, they wouldn't be popular among the Republicans if not for MAGA country and if not for Donald Trump. It's really an embarrassment and it's despicable where this party is at right now. And I don't know what the solutions are other than to say this, and we had a caller yesterday who asked me about this, you know, how is this ever going to end? Donald Trump's off the face of the earth. I'm sorry. 
That's that's really the only answer to me. As long as Donald Trump is still alive, whether he's in office or not, we are always going to have the base of the Republican Party that's going to be MAGA country. Bigots. I was asked on this show by a Republican, what does MAGA mean to you? MAGA is a word brought into the equation by Donald Trump. So when you ask me what MAGA is, it's what Donald Trump stands for, who Donald Trump is, the MAGA movement. What does it mean? Well, to me, the MAGA movement stands for conspiracy theorists, misinformation, bigotry, hatred, attacks on women, attacks on the gay community, defending the Confederate flag, good people on both sides, defending hate groups like the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, taking every opportunity to lie about the 2020 election that goes under the conspiracy theorist statement that I made earlier. This is what MAGA stands for. It doesn't stand for Make America Great Again. And it represents the worst in some of us in this country. The worst. Or as Hillary Clinton called it, deplorables. At this time, if you still put all of your support behind a guy like a Donald Trump, you are what I would consider a deplorable. And you can't use the excuse anymore of I like some of Donald Trump's policies because that doesn't fly with me anymore. And it doesn't fly with most of us in this country. That ship has sailed. I get it. Some of you hate Joe Biden. I get it. Some of you hate his administration. You hate Joe Biden. Tell me why you hate him. What policies under the Biden administration do you disagree with or do you hate? And what is your solution? Because when you complain about something, but you don't have a solution for it, shut up. It's the entire Republican Party today. They want to complain about gas prices and health care. They'll complain about anything and they'll blame anything and everything on Joe Biden. What is your solution to the problem? They're not complaining about all the gun violence in this country. The only gun they care about is Hunter Biden's gun. The only gun that Republicans care about today, Hunter Biden's gun. And they're obsessed with his penis. I don't know why. Attack the LGBT community. Be against gay marriage. Treat people differently if they're not like you. Uh, Not being able to separate church from state. Religious nut jobs. Bible thumpers. And bigots. The extremist within the Republican Party today. Oh, do you disagree with me? Yeah. We'll take a quick break and um, take some calls on the other side. 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, 702-221-7283. We'll take a break. And when we come back, yes, there was a big break in the Tupac Shakur murder. But there's a guy behind bars right now that was in the car driving Tupac. His name is Suge Knight. What does he have to say about all this? Well, we have the audio. He was interviewed behind bars. We'll share it with you when we come back. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP.
everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702 702- Five four zero three three one one. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. The National Atomic Testing Museum is a national science, history, and educational institution that tells the story of America's nuclear weapons testing program at the Nevada Test Site. Located at 755 East Flamingo Road, just east of Paradise, the museum offers immersive, interactive experts for guests of all ages. The museum is Smithsonian certified and open seven days a week. 
For more information, visit NationalAtomicTestingMuseum.org. That's NationalAtomicTestingMuseum.org. When you bring your vehicle to Star Auto Care for Maintenance, you'll have a team of professionals at your service. Every one of our technicians has been factory trained and master status certified to ensure that you receive the highest quality and most effective service. Star Auto Care is located at 3540 East Tropicana Avenue, just east of Pecos. Star Auto Care is confident in their prices and will match any mechanic located within 20 miles. Bring your vehicle in today and let Star Auto Care give you the peace of mind you deserve when you service your car. Visit them online at starautocare.us. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? And you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining us. We got the big man, the seven-footer. Yeah. Paul McKeskey is going to be joining us in studio tomorrow. OnlyFans model and internet sensation Nicole Mitchell is going to be joining us in studio on Friday. We'll have some very special guests in, on that show. That'll be a lot of fun. I uh, I went to the uh, Vegas Golden Knights game last night. I got to say, preseason hockey is not really my thing. I'll be honest with you. Um, kind of a snoozer. But our goaltenders look pretty good. Logan Thompson looked great. And uh, again, it's it's preseason hockey, and then I believe you know it's next week. We're we've got a lot of exciting things happening here, sports-wise, in Las Vegas. Holy smokes, ladies and gentlemen, we got that NBA mid-season tournament that's going to be here. That's going to be a bundle of fun. Uh, we do have the Lakers playing a preseason game on Monday. Certainly looking forward to that. UNLV football off to a phenomenal start, 4-1 and one under Coach Odom. I'm not surprised. He's doing a phenomenal job. It's a pretty good football team. Maybe the only good football team in Las Vegas. Well, you know, that's not unfair to Bishop Gorman. They're a pretty good football team, too. <laughs> little cheap shot there at the Raiders. Um, <laughs> Las Vegas Aces in the WNBA Finals on Sunday. I got to be honest with you. I'm more of a college basketball fan at heart. And of course, when the NBA playoffs come around, I'm, uh, you know, I get excited, but this is an exciting matchup because it's a, it's a really good matchup and it's the matchup that everybody wanted to see. Of course, I'm talking about the New York Liberty and the Las Vegas Aces. <sighs> All right. I'll stick to my guns here. And I hope I'm wrong because as a member of the media, I have no embarrassment in saying I am obviously rooting for the Las Vegas Aces to win. Obviously. But I feel like the New York Liberty, it's a really, I'm not even going to say they're the better team, but I feel like it's, you know, basketball is a game of matchups and I feel like it's a really bad matchup for the Aces. Why? Well, I think if it's one part of the game where the Aces really struggle, it's against a really physical team. 
But the difference between the New York Liberty and some of the other teams that they've faced with bigs is that the Liberty are extremely skilled underneath the basket. They're not just big, they're skilled. And we don't have three Asia Wilsons. So this is a really tough matchup for the Aces. I think it's pretty much even at the guard position. Uh, the Liberty have some really good guards as well. Maybe you could give the Aces a little bit of a advantage there, but there's no question in my mind the Liberty are better underneath the basket. As good as Asia, Wils- Asia Wilson is, she can't do it by herself. So listen, if the Aces can control the boards, limit the Liberty on the glass, especially on the offensive end, then... They'll have a good chance to win. But right now, I just think because of the matchup, I know that the Aces are a heavy favorite. I think they're like a two and a half to one favorite. I completely disagree with that. I think the Liberty are getting one of the first two here in Las Vegas. I really do. I hope I'm wrong, but that's my feeling on it. I think it's going to go the distance this series, and and I think the Aces are going to have a tough time. So we'll see what happens. But uh, anyway, just another sporting event. Oh, yeah, Formula One. I didn't even mention that. That's right around the corner. We got the Super Bowl here. <laughs> what What is not happening in Las Vegas? We have the Super Bowl here this year. We have Formula One. We've got college football. We've got a ton. Of, I didn't even mention all the college basketball tournaments we have here. We have a ton of college basketball tournaments here in Las Vegas. And, of course, we have uh, the NHL season right around the corner or preseason. It wasn't, wasn't much of a game last night, I'll be honest. I didn't have a ton of fun. But I was sitting next to Chris Wynn, who lost another bet who bet on the Vegas Golden Knights yesterday, who failed to score a goal. How often does that happen at T-Mobile Arena? Uh, and he was bitching and moaning throughout the entire game. I say, why would you bet on preseason hockey? But I do too sometimes, so it's all good. But yeah, there's a lot of exciting stuff around the corner. That's the point I'm trying to make. Um, and I'm looking forward to the WNBA Finals. I think it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be very competitive, and these are by far the two best teams in the WNBA. It's what everybody wanted to see. What I don't understand is why are these games not sold out? They should be sold out. And they can say they're sold out, but then I go to the game and they claim it's sold out and I see like 2,000 empty seats. Everybody should be in their seats and watching this game or standing up, whatever. Everybody should be in the arena. Because this is the mecca of women's college basketball and you're seeing some of the best women's college, uh, I'm sorry, some of the best women's professional players in the world. And probably the two best female players in the world. I know you can make the argument for the for the chick who plays uh, for the Connecticut Sun, I know you can make that argument because she won it, but or she came in second in voting. I'm sorry, but there's no doubt. I think you're watching the two best female basketball players in the world duke it out. So it's going to be fun, and I'm and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, as far as the Raiders go, mentioning that uh, real quickly here, I know that there are some people in the Raiders organization that don't like sometimes what I say about the Raiders. I don't care. I mean, I dealt with that with UNLV. I don't care. People think I make it personal. Sometimes I do. If I don't like somebody personally, I do. I didn't like Marcus Arroyo. I think he's a jerk. Didn't like Marvin Menzies. I think he's a jerk. And then there's coaches that maybe didn't get the job done that I said, yeah, they should probably let some, you know, so-and-so go, but I think they're wonderful people. I mean, Dave Rice is a wonderful person, great family. Didn't get it done here. He came in studio here a few months ago. Sometimes people in this town don't like that. I mean, they don't like honesty. I'm not on the flagship station for UNLV. My job is to cover a team. I'm happy to promote a game when a coach is nice enough to come on. We had Kevin Kruger that came on yesterday. Great guy. We had Odom on the show before. Listen, the athletic director just came on. If a if somebody like that comes on the show, then it's my duty to, to, to interview them, and then I'm happy to promote a game because they're taking the time to come on. 
but it's not my job to promote. It's my job to cover a team. And I believe there are people in this city, not that I believe, I know there are people that cover teams in this city that fail to criticize any of the local teams here. And the reason why they fail to do so is because maybe they have some sort of financial relationship with an entity, with a group, with a team. I don't know. That's just me. If I was on the flagship station for, say, the Raiders, you don't have to get personal, but you should be able to criticize and you should be able to criticize Mark Davis for not being a good owner because I'm sorry he's not. He might be a good guy. I I like Mark Davis. I think he's a nice guy. I've had a couple really nice conversations with him. He's a really nice man. He's not a good NFL owner and he makes bad decisions. And I know his excuse would be, well, wait a second. Our starting quarterback is hurt. Wait a second. Listen, Josh McDaniels is 7-14. and 14. Stop it with the excuses. The Raiders are not a good football team, and they're never going to be a good football team so long as Josh McDaniels is in town. That's just the bottom line. Disagree with me? I'll make a bet with you right now that Josh McDaniels never gets over 500. It's not going to happen. He's 7-14 and 14 right now. Mark Davis made a very, very bad decision, and he's made plenty of them, but this was a really bad decision. And now Versace is coming back to town after John Gruden was let go, after his despicable statements. Nobody should feel sorry for John Gruden. That $100 million contract that Mark Davis gave him is a joke. I don't know what's a bigger joke, the $100 million contract or the haircut that Mark Davis has. I don't know. They're both pretty bad. But uh, Gruden out the door, and then you have a coaching staff that gets the Raiders to the playoffs. They did a phenomenal job, and they competed, and they almost beat the Bengals, a team that made it to the Super Bowl. That was a big dis- big mistake letting that te- letting that uh, coaching staff go. Big mistake. And I said it at the time and, and everyone was disagreeing with me. Well, how did that turn out? Josh McDaniels can't coach. I don't want to hear about what he did in New England because it means nothing in the grand scheme of things. Nothing. You had the best coach, arguably, in the history of the game in Bill Belichick and probably the best player, not just the best QB, in the history of the game. You could have a 10-year-old drawn up plays and the Patriots would have been fine. So I'm not giving Josh McDaniels any credit. I'm sorry, I'm not. I don't care what you've done as a defensive coordinator. I don't care what you've done as an offensive coordinator. I care what you've done as a head coach because you're the boss and you're in charge. And Josh McDaniels failed in Denver and he is failing miserably in Vegas, period. And Mark Davis needs to show some guts. And if they lose two of their next three games, you have to let him go. Listen, the Patriots are awful. They probably will beat the Patriots. As far as this Packers games, and I believe it's a, it's the Monday night game. It's the Monday night game, yep. I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't know. I would assume Garoppolo is going to be the starter. I have no idea what's going to happen in this game, but they better win. They better win. Um, Josh McDaniel is getting paid a lot of money. And then that third game is Chicago. Chicago Bears, uh, the worst team in the league. So If they lose to Chicago, he deserves... I agree with you. Gone. Yeah. I mean, I think he should be gone right now, but in in, re, in, in being realistic, I agree. Uh, I think if they lose two of their next three. Um, Which could very easily happen. It could happen. I, I, I tend to think they're probably going to win two of their next three because the teams they're playing. I mean, listen, the Packers aren't, an, uh, they're not a slouch. I mean, you know, but, you know, the Patriots were embarrassed over the weekend. They scored three points. And the Raiders' offense is is pathetic. 
and their defense isn't much better. So I don't know what's going to transpire here with the Raiders over the course of the next several weeks. I really don't know. What I do know is Josh McDaniels is never going to get this team to where Raider Nation wants it. And the criticism for Mark Davis is absolutely fair. Criticism for Josh McDaniels is absolutely fair. It's not like we don't have players on this team. It's not like we don't have talent. When you compare it to other teams in the league, we absolutely do. Josh Jacobs is a phenomenal talent. Max Crosby, phenomenal player. Makes life miserable for the opposing QB. Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in all of football. He's very unhappy. This team has what it takes to be a playoff team. I'm not saying they're a team that should be contending for a Super Bowl. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is this team has the talent to at least be a team that is a playoff team. And I understand they're in a very difficult division. I get that. It's very competitive. I understand all of that. This team should not be struggling the way they are. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. And for anybody from the Raiders organization that's monitoring what I am saying, I hope I didn't offend anybody. God forbid somebody shares their opinions on the radio about a team that they cover. I know that's really hard for some people to accept. Yes, folks, I'm being a little bit sarcastic, but I've dealt with people in this town before that don't like honesty on the air. I want the Raiders to win just like I want UNLV to win. I want UNLV to win just like I want the Vegas Golden Knights to win or any team in this town. It could be the Aviators, could be the Knights, could be the Aces because they're a lot more fun to cover when a team is winning. It doesn't mean I should go on the air every day and kiss the the ring of, of a team. I've never done that, and I never will do that. And again, some people within the Raiders organization, I don't think they like that very much, and that's fine. I really don't care. And, you know, for those of you joining us, I've heard a few people that have asked me that are new to listen, new listeners to the show, and they say, hey, what's this show all about? What is Pushing the Limits all about? What is it that you do, Brian, and what is the show all about? Well, for 20 years of my radio career, I worked for conservative radio stations for the most part. I was censored in what I could or couldn't say. I don't consider myself a lefty. I don't consider myself a righty. I consider myself an independent that's fair and honest, and I try to criticize both sides, something that almost nobody seems to do in this country in the media. I have Republicans on this show. I have Democrats on this show. I have entertainers on this show. You know, I remember I did a show where I had Dr. Jill Biden, the first lady on the show. And then the next segment, I had Jenna Jameson. That's what I do on this show. I cover it all, something that nobody else in the media is doing. I cover sports, local, national. I cover politics, news, national, local, and entertainment, something that nobody else in this industry is willing to do. If you do a political show, chances are you're probably not talking sports or you don't know what you're talking about. If you're doing a sports talk show, chances are your bosses don't want you talking politics. That's why this is called Pushing the Limits, because we push the limits every day and we cover anything and everything that is relevant news, sports-wise, political-wise, you name it, we cover it. That's what I do. And I make no apologies for that. And speaking of a story that is both local and national, of course, I'm talking about the Tupac Shakur uh, murder and the fact that there was finally an arrest and charges made a man by the name of Keefe D, if you didn't uh, know uh, the other day, has been charged with murder. 
And there's a lot of people that have different opinions on motive and who is this guy, Keefe D, and who actually pulled the trigger. Somebody that was actually in the car that night driving Tupac, and there were only two people in that vehicle. It was Tupac Shakur in the passenger seat, and it was Suge Knight, former uh, UNLV football player, by the way. I think people forget about that. It's kind of wild. He played on the UNLV football team. So Suge Knight has already been convicted of murder. If you remember, he, he ran over a guy in a parking lot. And he's probably going to be spending the rest of his life behind bars. Suge Knight was the driver that night. TMZ, it's incredible. They found a way to interview him behind bars. And the question is, you know, is Suge Knight going to be willing to testify? Uh, do you believe this guy, Keefe D, was involved? Have a listen to this exchange between Harvey over there at TMZ and Suge Knight. It's fascinating. Tell me what your reaction is to the arrest of Keefe D. Well, surprise, number one, because I didn't think um, Keefe D had never get arrested. Nor do I want to see him get arrested. You know, let's get one thing uh, straight, first and foremost. You know, me and Keefe D playing on the same Pop Warner football team. And whatever the circumstances, if he had an involvement with anything, if he didn't have any involvement with anything, who want to see? I wouldn't wish somebody going to prison on my worst enemy. The DA says that Keefe D was in the car with his nephew and that presumably his nephew, according to the DA, is the one that shot Tupac and that it was done with the full knowledge of Keefe. Um, do they have it right? It was only two people in the car. And Pac not going to tell the story. I ain't going to tell the story, but I tell you this. And it's, I, I never had nothing bad to say about uh, uh, Orlando because, number one, he wasn't a shooter. Number two, he came to my hearing and told to let me go and told the truth. They still didn't let me go. If you are called to testify in this case... I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. Why not? Yeah, I wouldn't be. Why not? Well, number one, like I, because I'm not going to get on the stand and testify on somebody for what? They seem to be saying that Orlando was the shooter and Keefe was in on it, that he had full knowledge of what was going down, and it was revenge for Orlando getting beaten up by Tupac and his team uh, at the MGM after the Tyson fight. Is that correct? No. Then who shot Tupac? It wasn't Anderson, so that's all I got to say about that point. To summarize, you are saying Orlando was not the shooter, although you won't say who the shooter was. You are not saying whether Keefe was involved in any way in the shooting. Um, and you are saying that if you're called to testify by either side, you will not comply. You will not testify. Do I have that right? Thousand percent. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't testify. None of okay, so a lot of things to dissect from that interview. What I find interesting, and let's start from the beginning here, Suge Knight is not the most honorable, reputable, and honest person. Okay, he's a murderer. So I do take some of the things that he says with a grain of salt. But with that being said, I also understand from Suge Knight's perspective, 
He doesn't want a narc. He doesn't want to be known as a narc, a tattletale or whatever you want to call it. Even though this was murder of his friend and they tried to murder him too, he does not want to say who killed Tupac, even though there's no doubt in my mind that Suge Knight knows exactly who it was. Here's what I find interesting in that interview, and, and here's where I believe Suge Knight. He says there were only two people in that vehicle. Why would he lie about that? If there were four people in the vehicle, he would have said there were four. He's saying there were only two. I believe Suge Knight, because there's no reason for him to lie about that. Metro police are saying that there were four people in the vehicle. So I don't know if there's other collaborating evidence that proves that there were four people in the vehicle, but Suge Knight says there were two. I tend to believe him on that. It is also interesting to me that Suge Knight refuses to say whether Keefe D was involved or not, which leads me to believe that Keefe D was in that car and Suge Knight just doesn't want to say it. The fact that Suge Knight won't exonerate Keefe D leads me to believe that maybe even Keefe D pulled the trigger. But it is interesting because that guy Orlando who died a couple years later, everybody said that Orlando was the guy who pulled the trigger. And for whatever reason, Suge Knight's saying no. It's not not who pulled the trigger. Orlando's dead. I would think that if he pulled the trigger, Suge would maybe be honest. And I know he doesn't want to narc. But when it comes to Orlando, Suge Knight is saying no, he did not pull the trigger. When it comes to Keefe D, he's not ruling anything out. He's not saying whether Keefe D was there or not. Again, read between the lines. I think that leads me to believe that Suge is basically saying that either one of two things. Yes, Keefe D was absolutely in that car and or Keefe D was absolutely the guy that pulled the trigger. That's kind of what I take from that interview. I also find it interesting, but not surprising that if Suge Knight is called to testify, he will refuse to do so. And listen, I understand being old school, whether it's a, you know, a Sopranos type situation you never want to be labeled a narc. It could, you could be from anywhere. You could be from Compton. You could be from New Jersey. Wherever the case may be, you don't want to be labeled a narc. Even if you're going to spend the rest of your life behind bars, it doesn't matter. You don't want to be labeled a narc. At the same time, I can't just fathom the fact that you know, you're already behind bars for the rest of your life. Don't you want the people responsible that murdered your friend, Tupac? Don't you want the person or persons responsible who tried to kill you? That part I will never really understand. Because it's not like he can handle it himself. He's behind bars, so you can't make that excuse. But he said it himself. If Suge Knight is called to testify, he will refuse, and he doesn't have to. So what do I think happened based on the evidence and what we know? What do I, I think Keefe D was absolutely in that car. I think Keefe D absolutely was one of the people who orchestrated the murder of Tupac and the attempted murder. I think Metro has the right person. I think Keefe D is one of the people responsible. He's not the only person responsible, but I think the other person or persons responsible are no longer alive. Did Keefe D pull the trigger? Maybe, but it doesn't matter. Because if the evidence shows, which I believe it will, that he was in the car and he, and he was one of the masterminds behind it, then he should be in jail for the rest of his life. Boy, I'll tell you what I'd like to see. I'd like to see Suge Knight and Keefe D in the same room together. <laughs> I'd love to see that happen. Well, here's what we do know. We know that uh, one of the most influential hip-hop artists of all time was murdered. He's been dead for quite some time now. It's a terrible tragedy. I'm sure he'd still be making music and making movies. Extremely talented guy. Gone too soon. 
And from my understanding, the argument started at MGM Grand, and there's video of it, and the argument started over what clothing somebody was wearing. I mean, it's absurd. In this day and age, you could never get away with that. There's too many cameras everywhere. There's too much going on. There would have been body camera of Tupac. I mean, everything, you know, in this day and age in 2023, we would have had video of everything. And people would have been brought to justice. But back then, things were very different. We didn't have body cameras. There weren't as many cameras on the streets. Uh, you know, DNA evidence and all that stuff has changed over the years. I know that they did. I, if, if memory serves me right, the car where Tupac was shot in. It's been restored a little bit. I think they should have kept it as is, but I think they sold it for like two and a half million dollars or something. Yeah, in a museum. It was sitting in a museum and then they sold it for two and a half million dollars. And they kept some of the gunshot markings on the car, but the seats and everything have all been restored. I think they should have kept it as is. All right, here's what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a quick break. Before I do that, I want to uh, mention, uh, of course, my friend over at Keller Williams, Blake Gwynn. Uh, great charity poker tournament that he held uh, last week, raised thousands and thousands of dollars for the Ronald McDonald Fund. Blake's a great guy. You might recognize that name. His grandfather is the former governor, the late, great Kenny Gwynn. Um, and uh, Blake's just awesome. Let me tell you something. He's lived here his entire life. So if you're thinking of buying or selling a home, there's no better person in the Valley to call than Blake Gwynn. Please give him a call. 702-540-3311. And again, that number, Blake Gwynn from the Keller Williams Group, 702 702- Five four zero three three one one, and if you mention this show, pushing limits, you're going to get a thousand dollars cash back. Blake Wynn, Keller Williams, seven zero two five four zero three three one one. Mention PTL and tell them that I sent you. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, some controversy in the golf world, and it's right here in Las Vegas. The Shriners Hospital for Children's Open begins next week, and the news broke out today for only the seventh time in golf history, if I'm not mistaken, a female professional golfer named Lexi Thompson is going to be competing against the men in this PGA Tour event. Very interesting, somewhat controversial. We're going to talk to the director of the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open, Patrick Lindsay, coming up next. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. 
here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your healthcare needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Whether you're a corporate executive, on a family vacation, or just passing through, St. George Inn & Suites will meet your specific needs. It's conveniently located near restaurants, shopping, and movie theaters. St. George Inn & Suites offers a variety of room types, two fabulous pools and jacuzzis, a fitness center, a free full hot buffet breakfast, and laundry facilities. To make your booking, call 435-673-6661 or book online at stgeorgeinnhotel.com. You need to stop in Southern Utah? Make that stop at St. George Inn & Suites. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining us. Anybody who listens to this show knows that I'm a big fan of golf. I played college golf, and uh, I love watching golf, uh, particularly when it's in person. And uh, the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open is right around the corner. Uh, The tournament week starts, of course, next week on Monday. And, uh, well, we have a lot of exciting news to share. I mentioned Lexi Thompson to talk about that. And everything and anything that is the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open, as we do every year, is the director of that tournament. Always enjoy having him on. Of course, that is Patrick Lindsay. Uh, Patrick, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing all right. Doing good. Excited. And we had some uh, pretty exciting news that I I, want to ask you this right off the bat. Uh, and it's making history, right? I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's only the seventh time now in, 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 in golf history where we have an LPGA player playing in a PGA event. Lexi Thompson uh, making the announcement. You guys made the announcement today. Can you tell me how this came about? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you are correct. She's uh, number seven, uh, lucky number seven, I think. So uh, hopefully that means she is going to, uh, to play really well and uh, hopefully be around for the weekend as well. But we're really excited uh, to have Lexi in the field, uh, have gotten just incredible 
um, press on the announcement today, um, which ultimately is just going to, you know, share with the world a little bit more and hopefully a, a further demographic of, of the great work that Shriners does. And, um, you know, just expose expose the charity a little bit more through some of her channels. So we're excited about that. But to answer your question, how it came to be, um, you know, we are we're pretty close with the agents uh, that or the her her team, her agency team, um, and was uh, talking to them uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it ultimately came down that you know they made an introduction and she had asked. And, uh, you know, we just thought that it could have a really great positive impact on, on our field, on our city. Um, we're such a great sports town. Now we have host, we host an LPGA event in town. Uh, our friends at BMW or excuse me, uh, MGM and uh, big, big hope and, uh, shadow Creek. They host, they host, uh, an LPGA event here. Um, there's a lot of history here and like, let's just bring it, bring it all together. And uh, let's uh, let's have a great event uh, with Lexi, part of the field. And yeah, um, yep. it's, it's turning out great so far. And I agree with everything you said. Obviously, this is wonderful for the tournament. It's going to even bring more fans out. It's a big national story. Anytime you have a professional female golfer playing in a PGA Tour event, it's a huge story. Uh, it's a, it, It'll probably be one of the leading stories on SportsCenter, especially if she goes low and, and plays really well, which we hope she does. But Patrick, yeah. you understand that there's always going to be people out there that are going to disagree with the decision. There's always going to be yeah. people out there that are going to say things like, well, wait a second. Aren't you taking a spot away from a man who, who, you know, is a better player, perhaps that deserved that spot? And you're taking it away from that person so that you could create buzz to have it. Listen, Lexi Thompson's one of the greatest female golfers in the world. We know that she's had an unbelievable career. I'm not trying to take anything away from her, but you understand what I'm saying. There's always going to be criticism on the other side. So as the tournament director, if somebody comes up to you and says, aren't you taking a spot away from a man who earned the right to be in that tournament? What would you say to them? Well, I, you know, I, I, I definitely understand uh, uh, that there will be some of that. And, you know, not the first time somebody's asked me and it won't be the last one either. You know, ultimately, these uh, in this case, this this unrestricted exemption is uh, for us to use our sponsor in Shriners Children's uh, to use uh, the way that we feel like is the gains the most benefit um, to accomplish their goals on site. And sometimes that is giving it to the best collegiate player. Sometimes that is giving it to a veteran on the PGA tour. And sometimes there's a rare opportunity, uh, to give an exemption to someone like Lexi that really helps us accomplish all the goals that we want to accomplish on site, which is raising awareness for Shriners. And we felt that in this case, in this year, that was, I mean, that is Shriner's number one goal is being a title sponsor of a PGA Tour event. And that is, you know, to make sure we raise much awareness, awareness for the charity uh, through the broadcast and, and on site. And, you know, for this year, you know, Lexi is going to help us accomplish all those goals. We also, you know, again, I said earlier, lucky number seven. We think she has uh, a really great opportunity to, to play well. And we hope that she, hope that she does. Um, but we just felt like it was the right uh, right time uh, for us to do that. And again, you know, she asks, it's, she asked, it's not like we get, right. you know, those, we didn't go out and, and seek, um, you know, that team asked us what we thought of that as Lexi was going to be in town. And, you know, the more you, more you think about it, the more you kick it around and, 
talk internally about all the all the pros and the cons. Um, we felt really comfortable with our decision, and yeah. uh, uh, we are grateful that uh, she is going to be here. And uh, I think we're going to have a great week. And the most important pro, I think you would ag- agree with me on this when you talk about pros and cons, is the fact that she's going to create buzz, which means you guys are going to raise more money and in turn saving children's lives. So people can disagree with the decision all they want to, but you win the argument because she's going to be bringing money to the event, fans to the event, and you guys raise the money for charity and it saves children's lives. So I think that ends the debate right there. I don't think anybody can can argue that, Patrick, and, and we're certainly in agreement there and it's going to be an exciting week. All right. Let's talk about this exciting week. Besides Lexi, which is going to be a huge draw, national media following her, of course. Can you give me some other names of some commitments because of uh, 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 players that uh, you're excited about that are going to be a part of this event this year? Yeah, and we have a few more days, and uh, we believe there's going to be a few more commitments as well. Hopefully, some additional Ryder Cup guys that we feel good about, but we'll see how that how that turns out. Um, over the next couple of days. Uh, but, you know, our previous champion, Tom Kim, who's a top 20 guy in the world, excited to have Tom back. Uh, he's been a great champion for us uh, year round, you know, uh, doing really well in, in the FedEx Cup uh, throughout the entire entire year. So we're excited to have have him back. Um, but then uh, kind of skipping to some, some Ryder Cup guys, including Zach Johnson, mm. the uh, captain of the Ryder Cup. I know it was kind of a uh, rough week for the U.S. team, but it's always great to have Zach come play, who's obviously very intimate in the Ryder Cup as the U.S. captain, um, along with two Ryder Cup guys right now. And hopefully there'll be a couple more, but Ludwig Ab- uh, Oberg, who is just going to be a stud. He's already already is a stud, um, but we were really happy to have him join the field and Nikolai Hogard as well. Brent Snedeker is going to be in the field as well. Uh, Cameron Champ, uh, recent winner up in uh, um, up in um, uh, kind of north north Nevada, Akshay Bahida. He's going to be in the field as well. So we're excited to see some of those young guys um, along with Charlie Hoffman, Taylor Montgomery, Harry Hall, kind of the UNLV. Yep. UNLV alums, excited to have those guys in the field. Cameron Champ's going to be here. Yep. So we're still going to have a lot of really good guys. We feel like our base of players mm-hmm. is really good, and uh, hopefully we'll have a few more guys commit um, prior to the 2 p.m. Friday deadline. And I'm sure you will. And, and to have a guy like a Zach Johnson, who, of course, is a Masters champion and coming out of the Ryder Cup, that's pretty cool that he's going to be coming back to this tournament. He's been here plenty of times before. And the guys that you mentioned, some of them, you know, uh, they love playing here. And uh, Taylor Montgomery's had a heck of a rookie season. I know he he, he suffered from <clears throat> some injuries, but uh, he's had a hell of a year, too. It'll be cool to see him coming back here uh, and playing as well. Um, you know, going back to the Lexi, t- one more question about Lexi Thompson. TPC Summerlin is not what, what I would consider one of the longer courses and that might be an advantage to somebody like Alexi Thompson. And uh, can you imagine what it would be like uh, if we're talking, like, say, Friday night and Lexi Thompson is the first LPGA player to ever make a PGA Tour cut? Can you imagine what that would mean for the tournament if she was able to accomplish that? Well, I think it it means a lot to the tournament. It would mean a lot to Shriners. It would mean a lot to, you know, women's women's sports. I mean, listen, she's an Olympian. Too. I mean, she is, she she turned pro when she was 15, and she's been on the LPGA tour for you know over a decade. 
Um, she is one of the most recognizable female female golfers uh, in the world, maybe even all time. Uh, and we're just, again, happy to have her in the field. If she makes the cut, I mean, it is the ultimate disturbance of golf, right? <laughs> and uh, we uh, are hopeful that can happen. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll just see what happens over those first two days of, of competition. Um, I think the golf course can set up favorable for her. It's going to be long, uh, obviously longer than what, uh, she typically plays on the LPGA. Um, but I think it, I think it can be okay for her. There's, um, you know, there's a, a carry on hole number two that she will, uh, that she is long enough to carry, but that will be challenging. And then number three, the par, uh, for, for the average amateur, uh, hole number three plays as a par five, uh, for us, but it will be a par four, uh, during, uh, the Shriners open week. Um, so that'll be another hole that we'll, uh, kind of watch and see how she does. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think she's plenty, plenty long enough to be able to, uh, manage her way mm-hmm. around the golf course and pick her spots. Um, so yeah, I fingers agree. crossed that she does that and, yeah. um, you know, she posts some positive scores. I agree. I think the key for her is actually going to be her short game. She, she's her short game is going to have to be, uh, she's going to have to make putts and, uh, elections. She's going to be hitting six and seven irons to greens when other guys are going to be hitting wedges. And obviously that's a disadvantage, but at the same time, if she's hit, making putts, I think she'll have an opportunity. I think she'll have a chance. So we'll have to wait and see how that will happen. And I think that's going to be really, really exciting. All right. Let's talk about any changes advances that you guys have made this year for the spectators. I, I've seen some of the press releases, but maybe we can have you talk a little bit about that and some, some changes this year as opposed to years past. Yeah, we are uh, really excited about the new fan experience. We've always felt that we had have had a good, ex, a, a good ex fan experience, but I also believe that, um, you know, maybe it had gotten a little stale. So we wanted to, to make some changes on the golf course um, not to the golf course, on the golf course, outside the ropes, um, to just kind of freshen it up a little bit. Some things uh, are coming back and staying the same. Um, there'll be Lee's Liquor, Shake Shack, but that will now be not on the 16th green. It will be now on the ninth green, players back right of the ninth green in an awesome new spot. We'll have the Elijah Craig Speakeasy now on 16 green. Um, and we'll still have our uh, venue on the 15th green, uh, sponsored by El Cristiano Tequila, uh, that will be overlooking the green there. So some of those things are kind of the same and same areas that it has been before. But really, our number one thing that we're excited about is that we knew it was time to make some changes to the hill. And the hill has been a tradition of this golf tournament for years, uh, sitting there perched up on the hill uh, between 16, 17 and 18. Um, it was just time to make a change to that. Um the first level, and I say first level because it now has two levels. The first level of this venue um, will still be called the Hill. It will still be open to the public. That general admission ticket still be allowed on the first floor. It's going to have upgraded food and beverage for purchase. Also include our new on-site merchandise fan shop will be located inside the Hill. But what we're really excited about is a new venue called Club 360, which is an upgraded ticket Average price is $150, includes drinks, mm. but it's Club 360 presented by High Noon Hard Seltzers, which we believe is the absolute perfect sponsor for that venue. We'll have 360-degree views of TPC Summerlin overlooking the first tee. I mean, it is right on top of the first tee. 
Um, but overlooking the first tee, 16 green, 17 green, uh, along with uh, number 18 green. It's got views of the strip. It's got views of Red Rock Canyon. I mean, you can see the whole valley from up there. We also have um, new bleachers and grandstands on the first tee and the 10th tee. And then also a kid zone along the 18th fairway that we're calling the family fairway that will have face painting, um, airbrush trucker hat station, a milkshake truck, pink box truck will be wow. over there, a large coloring wall, a bunch of stuff brought to you by uh, Intermountain Healthcare too. So a lot of changes. There's a lot of stuff out here, but we're really excited about all of that. So it's a, a, a awesome. brand new kind of fresh tournament, it seems like. Awesome. Uh, you know, I'm bringing my parents out there for the first time next week, and and, and they love golf, so I know they're going to enjoy it. Uh, Patrick, you know how much I admire what you guys do for Shriners and raising money for charity and, and saving lives. I mean, that's really what you guys do, and that's more important than anything. And love watching some good golf, too. So uh, keep up the great work, Patrick. I look forward to seeing Thank you me. out there on the golf course next week. And it's going to yes, be sir. an exciting week, and I always appreciate the time, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. We'll talk All right. soon. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Patrick. Take care. That's that's Patrick Lindsay, the director of the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open. And I mean it. I mean, he does a great job. And they, they really do a phenomenal job out there. And I love watching that golf tournament, you know, every, uh, every year. It, it's so much fun. The problem that Patrick faces and the problem that Shriners faces when it comes to this golf tournament, well, there's a couple of things. Number one. It's kind of a weird timing, right? It's the start of the year. In this case, it's right after the Ryder Cup. You got some guys that are probably a little burnt out, you know. So, uh, you know, it, it's going to be hard. You know, you're, you're probably not going to get guys like Justin Thomas. You know, you're not going to get maybe guys like Max Homa this year. Um, so that's difficult. Uh, I think it's cool that you got a couple guys from the Europe team that are going to be playing. Uh, Hogarth's a great player. Uh, kind of cool that Zach Johnson's in town for this tournament next week. The Ryder Cup captain, former Masters winner. Uh, that's great. And of course, Tom Kim, the winner last year. Uh, I'd be shocked if Patrick Cantley doesn't commit and doesn't play because he plays so well here. All right, let me give you my opinions on the Lexi Thompson situation. And I didn't want to really get into this with Patrick. Patrick's a great guy. And uh, I think this is great for the tournament. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to take the Shriners aspect out of this equation for a moment. And I'm happy that Lexi Thompson is going to be raising so much money for Shriners and it'll be saving lives. And that's more important than anything. I want to be very clear on that, but I also need to be honest. And I'm speaking in very general terms right now about LPGA players or any female player for that matter, playing in a PGA tour event. I hold the same opinions on this that I held 20 years ago when it first happened. And I think it's wrong. Here's why. LPGA golfers have almost little to no chance of competing with the men on the PGA Tour. And I understand there's something called the sponsor's exemption, and I get that. But the PGA Tour should be about having the best possible field, not the most popular, the best players in the world. Let's be clear on this. Lexi Thompson would never be able to get her PGA Tour card because she's not good enough. She is a phenomenal female golfer. She's one of the best female golfers in the world. One of the most storied careers in the history of the LPGA Tour. She would not be able to receive her PGA Tour card. 
And in putting her in a PGA Tour event, you're taking away a spot from someone that is much better and, and, and in my opinion, more deserving. That's just my personal opinion. And that has nothing to do. Listen, I'm happy that she's going to be playing. It's going to create buzz around the tournament. And it sounds like they need a little bit of buzz, right? You don't have some of the big players that you've had in years past. So this creates buzz. This is a good thing for the tournament. I'm happy for Patrick. I'm happy that they're doing this. It creates a big level of excitement. I'm excited about that. Watching an LPGA player playing in the Shriners puts us on the map nationally, and it's a big story, and it's great. I'm sharing you my opinion, putting aside that Shriners aspect for a moment, and I'm just giving you my personal take. There's a reason why Annika Sorenstam and some of the best female players to ever play the game have been unable to make a PGA Tour cut because they are not good enough to compete. I would be shocked beyond belief if Lexi Thompson was able to make the cut. And this is probably not the best field that they've ever had, but these are still professional LP, uh, you know, professional PGA players and still world-class players. And, you know, for those of you that don't understand the difference here and don't understand golf, Lexi Thompson is about 20 to 30 yards, maybe even more shorter off the tee box than, than most guys on the PGA Tour. Why is that such a big deal? We're talking about a two or even a three or four club difference. It's a big difference hitting an eight iron or a nine iron into a green, hitting a four or a five iron. And in this kind of tournament, you have to make a lot of birdies. And I'm just not sure Lexi Thompson's going to be able to do that. So yes, I don't agree with it. Listen, if you gave a sponsor's exemption to John Daly, I'd be excited about it, right? But I'd say it's kind of not fair to some of the other golfers. John Daly can't compete with guys on the PGA Tour. To me, it's the same thing. You know, these exemptions, it should be about the best players in the world, and it shouldn't be about popularity or creating buzz. With that being said, I'm happy that Lexi Thompson is playing in this event because it creates buzz and buzz is going to create ticket sales and ticket sales are going to create money and money's going to create raising money for the charity for Shriners and saving lives. I'm all for that. I'm just speaking in general terms. I don't think LPGA players in general should be allowed to play in PGA tour events. If LPGA players want to try to get their PGA tour card, I'm all for it. God, I'd be rooting for them. That'd be a wonderful story if an LPGA player could get their PGA Tour card. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Because, again, I'm I'm not trying to sound like Mr. Brian Chauvinist. Let me be clear. I played college golf. Lexi Thompson would destroy me, okay, as would any other LPGA player because they're phenomenal golfers, right? And I'm not a professional golfer, and I don't claim to be one. But the reason why is because women as a whole, in general, and I'm talking about professionals, do not hit the golf ball anywhere near as far as the men do. The farther you hit the golf ball, the shorter distance you have to the green. If you have a wedge in your hand compared to a six iron or a five iron, it makes an enormous difference. With that being said, I'm going to follow Lexi Thompson. I'm going to follow her next week on the golf course, and it's going to be fun. And there's going to be a lot of buzz. And I'm rooting for her. And I hope she makes the cut. I don't think she will. But I hope she does. If there was any golf course where a, a, a professional female golfer could make a cut on the PGA Tour, it would be the Shriners and it would be TPC Summerlin because of the golf course. Because it's a very short golf course compared to what the men usually play on, even though it's longer than what Lexi Thompson is used to. It'd be a great story. 
Even if she did make the cut, I would still feel the same way. It wouldn't change my opinion, but I'd be very happy for her. So we'll have to wait and see how this goes. Listen, women, again, I'm not trying to be Mr. Chauvinist because I'm not. I'm just a realist. Women cannot compete against men in professional sports. Can we just stop it with the nonsense? Can we stop it with the nonsense? Because that's what it is. It's nonsense. Women cannot compete against men at a professional level or a college level. It's impossible. It can't happen. So... Again, this is, you know, this is a big national story. She's going to be the only, the seventh woman in golf history to be playing in a, in a PGA event. Uh, Michelle Wee, I believe, and played in one. And, and as I mentioned, Annika Sorenstam is another female player that, that, that played in one. Uh, these are legendary players on the LPGA tour and it's going to create a lot of buzz and we'll have to wait and see what happens. And all eyes are going to be on Lexi Thompson because that's going to be the big story of this tournament. Of course, raising money for charity and, and saving children's lives. That's, that's, that's always on top of everything. But the golf, the biggest golf story of the week is not going to be Tom Kim. It's not going to be Zach Johnson. Uh, it's going to be Lexi Thompson. She's going to be the story of the tournament. I'll also be very interested to see what pairings she will be in and what men she will be playing with because that will also be very interesting are you going to be playing with a guy like a taylor montgomery who hits the ball 400 yards you know that that's also going to be interesting who she's paired up with um but it's going to be fun and i love watching live golf and and um it's certainly interesting tomorrow on the show we've got the big man paul mckeskey is going to be joining us in studio i probably will ask him a little bit about this and we'll be getting to anything and everything which is the news of the day, of course, political, sports, you name it, we talk about it on this show. Uh, my thanks to Joe Walsh for sort of joining us today. <laughs> it wasn't his fault. We had a very bad, faulty connection. Not Joe's fault at all, but we appreciate him. And also, of course, Patrick Lindsay, the director of the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open. We want as many people as possible coming out to this golf tournament next week because they work hard. Patrick does a great job, They and the charity is what's number one, and he does a phenomenal job. And they all do raising money for a wonderful cause. So please support the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open. Go on their website where you can purchase tickets and uh, be a part of it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap. We will see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Have a great day, everybody.